time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Feeling okay? Feeling good? Good. All right, well, we're going uh, to jump in tonight. And uh, we're going to talk about a topic that I like to talk about and that you like to do. Everybody say prayer. Oh, come on. Like you got some energy. Say prayer. Yeah. Matthew 7, 7. Caleb prayed earlier, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. What a crazy verse. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus, I thank you for your presence here tonight. I thank you that you are working. I thank you that we have the opportunity to come and worship you and sing about who you are and experience your presence. And God, I ask that right now that you would move. God, I pray that our hearts would burn within us as you open the scriptures to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here, one of the things I love, 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 love about you as DSN is that you like to pray. Do you like to pray? You are, I mean, we were up here earlier, right? And, and we are DSM, right? We, hashtag, we are intercession. We're going for it. You know, we got, we got Friday Night Fire. Who's been to Friday Night Fire? Man, I'll tell you what, the first Friday Night Fire we had, it was like water to my soul. I, I was just... Love being there. It is incredible to pray with you. We got the upper room uh, every week before DSM here. You're, you're doing stuff on campuses. You, every year at Desperation, we're telling the stories of what you've been doing uh, in, in our vow experience as, as intercession prayer is part of our Desperation vow. I love that you are a praying youth group. I love that this is a praying student ministry. And you know, I believe that that is a reflection of your leadership. And we know, I know, as one of my great friends, that Pastor Brandon is a praying man. And that, that if, you, if you were to see him, I'm telling you, it would be, I wish you could see him before he's about to preach. I mean, he is just going for it. He shuts himself in a room, and you can hear him three blocks away. And he's just going for it. He is a man of prayer. And that has trickled down onto each one of you. And, and, and it's so great, and it's awesome. But here's the thing. Sometimes it's easy to be a part of maybe a praying community and we start to think that we're praying people because those around us are praying people, but we actually aren't praying people. Do you know that you, across the country, you are known as a praying student ministry? I love it. When I get to go to other churches, when I get to travel and and I tell them about you or I hear their story, you know, they say, oh, DSM, DSM is a praying youth group. How can we get that in our youth group? You are known as a praying youth group, but it can't just be one praying youth group. It has to be you as an individual. And collectively, we make up a praying student ministry because individually we are praying people. And so that's what, that's what we're talking about tonight. And, and so whether we're known about being praying people or not, I want us to be people that not just are known to be like praying people, but rather that when we pray, we change history. When we pray, our prayers actually influence history. Do you know now I'm going to get, uh, this. Might, you might not like this, but do you know that you being a person that prays does not actually make you that unique? You being someone that prays doesn't actually make you that much different than most people on planet Earth. I've had the opportunity uh, just with, with, with DLA and with desperation, we've gotten an opportunity to go on missions a lot. And so it's incredible to go and see other cultures and to see other communities and to see what other nations are like. And, and most of the time, we're going to other nations that are completely different religions. They have completely different worldviews. And do you know what I found? They pray. Went to Israel a few years ago. And uh, our, first, uh, our, our first morning there... Uh, we, we got, it, we were, we were all, we got in late, you know, you're, you're got that like weird jet lag. You don't know what time it is and, and things are just weird. So you're like so tired, but it's the middle of the afternoon. And then you go to bed and you wake up at two. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been that? Yeah. So, so we're there and we're just like, it's just so, we're just so out of it. Right. And then all of a sudden we're, we're there in Israel. It's our first night. And we just hear this. And I did what you all just did. I, it was 5 a.m., and I bolted up out of bed, and I was like, what is going on? And all the guys in the room were like, oh, my word, what is going on? And all the girls in the other room, they told us they heard that noise, and they were like, oh, there, something is going down. We need to pray. And all the guys got up, and we were like, what is going on? We don't know. Well, let's go back to sleep. You know, that, I don't know why. That's just what happened. 
But what it was is that every morning at 5 a.m. and actually throughout the day, it was a Muslim call to prayer. And they, you know, as I was there for a couple weeks, many of them, I would say, pray more than most Christians. We went to China. And in China, there was, a, there was this, um, they do this thing called prostrations where they have to actually, uh, one of their religions, they, they drop to their knees and they, they lay down and then they come back and they stand up and that's part of their prayer ritual. And there was on this mountain and it was this rock path that was actually as smooth as glass from so much praying uh, in the Hindu religion of, of dropping to their knees and laying flat and coming back. And it had actually smoothed out the rock to be like glass. We were in this little tiny village and, uh, and uh, it was right up against the mountains. Very similar to as we are here in Colorado Springs. Right up against the mountains. And the biggest mountain, it would be the equivalent to Pikes Peak here as we're looking. was just I looked at it and it was just covered in silly string. I mean, it just, this whole mountain just looked covered in silly string. And so we went up and we actually hiked it, and it wasn't actually silly string. When you get on there, you find out that there are just thousands and thousands of ribbons all over the mountain. And those ribbons are called prayer flags, and they actually represent prayers in this religion. And, and so every time they blow, they represent, the whole mountain is covered with them. How many of you guys have been to Trinidad and Tobago with us? Anybody go, Right? We go to Trinidad and Tobago, we go door to door, and we see the Hindu prayer flags, and we talk to people, and they talk to us about, oh, I'm a good person, and I like to pray, and they never refuse prayer. They're okay with you praying, because praying doesn't actually set us apart. Most everybody on earth prays at some point. I would venture to guess that even some atheists, right, in the moment they get pulled over, they're like, God, if you are real. I mean... People pray. What sets us apart is not that we pray, it's who we pray to. What makes us different is not that we pray, it's the one that we pray to, the one that we talk to, and that our prayer actually is not simply reciting words, it's not simply duty based, I have to say these certain things, it is actually conversation with the living God. So we're, I'm, I'm going to dive into the story. Uh, I'm going to look at the story here. Uh, are you guys okay with a little story time with Pastor Dan tonight? Is that all right? You guys like story time? We're going to do a little story time here. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you, can, you can go to 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18 is where we're going we're gonna to go through this tonight. And, uh, and so here's the thing. I want to talk about prayer tonight. Not so much as just us talking to God. But rather the conversation that takes place. And that prayer, Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray, right, uh, in Matthew, uh, what did he say? He said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus said the way to pray is to actually start to pray what God wants to happen. It's actually to start to have conversation and, and hearing from God what he is saying and then praying that. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had our retreat uh, with DLA. And I love Pastor Caleb talked to DLA. And he was talking about intercession uh, as we were going through the vow together. And he just said, real simply, prayer. Uh, he said, prayer is simply us telling God what God has told us to tell him. It's us telling God what God has told us to tell him. That's what prayer is. God has spoken to us. God speaks to us. And he tells us what to say. And then we say it. And then he's like, oh, great. I'll do that. It's not that complicated. It's not that hard. Jesus said that if we pray, when you pray, here's how you have to pray. Your kingdom come. Let your will be done. So we're going to look at a a passage of scripture where this uh, goes down. So 1 Kings 18. uh, We're going to start in uh, about verse 16. Uh, we're going to talk about this man. His name's Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. Who's ever heard of Elijah? Anybody? Is anybody named Elijah? Oh, no. All right. Nobody. All right. Elijah, right? So let me give you a little background. All right. So Elijah's hanging out. And uh, in this time, uh, we have the king of, of the land, uh, Ahab, is this really bad king. Okay? He's actually so bad that it says that he is more evil than any king that has come before him. Uh, and that he, this is, I, I, like, okay, when I stand before the Lord, there's things that we have in Scripture, like, it seems like people get titles a lot, right? Like, David was a man after God's own heart, right? And, and we have, uh, you know, he did everything God had for him in his generation. And, you know, like, if, if God's going to give us titles, uh, Ahab's is probably a bad one. Uh, it says that 
No one aroused God's anger more than Ahab. That's not what you want to be known for. Like, you don't want to be known as the dude that just ticked God off. But that's what we have in Ahab. And and the reason for that was that Ahab uh, really began to do this thing called syncretism. Okay, so what he did is he, had, he was the king of the, of, the, of the people of God, but he married uh, into other religions, and he started bringing other religions into the people of God's religion, and, and he started bringing other ideas, and, and, and so you know, specifically with, with the god Baal, but other religions, he started bringing it in, and, and not just overtly switching to worship other gods, but saying, oh no, this god is okay too, and this is okay too, and, and you can do this, and God doesn't mind, and let's just do this too, and he just starts adding these other things, and it just ticked God off. How many of you know that today that is a very similar world that we're living in? Where people are saying things like, listen, you can do whatever you want. It's okay. God doesn't mind. And, and all, all roads lead to heaven. And we're all good. And whatever happens, happens. And we all end up in the same place. This is the very thing that, that, that says that Ahab made God more angry than anyone else. He was more evil than any king before him. So, God's like, hey, I'm a little upset about this. Let's fix it. And uh, so he tells his prophet uh, Elijah, and he's like, hey, Elijah, uh, we're going to have a, a bit of a famine, right? It's not going to rain for a while, so can you let the king know? So Elijah, the prophet, says, hey, it's not going to rain. And then it stops raining, and it doesn't rain for a week. And a week turns into three weeks, and three weeks turns into four weeks, and it's a month turns into three months, and then three years it hasn't rained. Three years. Okay, that means when it doesn't rain, I don't know if you know this or not, but water is pretty important to life. Uh, and so they didn't have just the normal things like food that would normally grow. That's not growing. And, and the river that would normally be, you know, a river is just like a little creek, you know, and it's just like creek, Oklahoma right there. So, you know, and uh, if there's no rain. And so Ahad is mad at Elijah. He's like, this jerk, he's, he told the rain to stop. And Elijah's like, that's right. God told me to tell it to stop, and it stopped. So then God tells Elijah, he says, hey, um, I'm going to bring rain. Go ahead and let Ahab know. And so Elijah calls his buddy Obadiah, and he's like, hey, bro, I'm just, this is background. He's like, hey, bro, uh, will you go tell Ahab that I need to talk to him? And Obadiah's like, do you think I'm crazy? This man has been trying to find you, and he is, like, searching for you. And, and if I tell him that I found you, and then God takes you away somewhere, and he can't find you, he's going to kill me. And, and so Elijah has to calm him down. He's like, dude, listen, I'm the prophet of God. And so I say, I'll be there. I'll be there. And Obadiah's like, oh, okay, that's fine. So, 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 so that's where we're at. So, so we have Elijah having this conversation with Ahab, okay? And so, uh, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. So verse 17. And when he saw, we're just going to read the Bible. Is that okay? You guys okay with reading the Bible? I told you, story time with Dan. All right. When he saw Elijah, he said to them, to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? He just doesn't like him. He's like, is that you? You brought trouble on us. You told the rain to stop, and we haven't had rain. We don't have food. We got nothing. And Elijah looked at him and said, I have not made trouble for Israel, but you and your, fi- uh, and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's command, and you have followed the Baals. Now, summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel. And bring 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of, of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all of Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. I love that verse. Listen, here's the deal. Jesus is either king and God and Lord or he's not. And if he is then we better live like it. And if he is, then we, he is worthy of all that we have. And that's what Elijah is saying to the people here. He's saying, listen, God is either God or he's not. And if you believe he is, stop messing around with these other things. Stop messing around worshiping other things. Stop messing around. Stop pretending like following God is just this cute little part of your life. No, no, no. It's all of your life or it needs to be nothing. That's what Elijah is saying. So what he's doing here is he's saying, okay, here's what we're doing. Uh... God told me to tell it to stop raining. I, I prayed to stop raining. Now he's saying he's going to send rain. But we're going to have some fun with this. God wants to show that he is God and not Baal. And so, uh, so in my Bible, does your Bible have little headings, right? Does your Bible have headings on it? All right, what is it in, in, above verse 16? What do you guys have? Elijah on Mount Carmel. That's nice. That's good. 
But you know that those headings are not inspired. So sometimes I like to change them. And so I just, in my Bible, I, I literally, this is not, I'm not making this up right here. I just changed it. And I just changed it to showdown at caramel. It just, I just like it a little better. Just showdown at caramel. And so, you know, so here we got Elijah. And here's what he's doing. He's like, okay, we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a God Super Bowl. We're going to have a God off here, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to have this competition. And Baal, you go ahead, you go ahead and get up all the prophets of Baal, right? 350. And then go ahead just for fun, bring Asherah's prophets as well. And then Elijah's like, and I'm the only prophet of God. One verse, like 450. Bring it on. And so he's like, we're going to have a little competition. Are you guys okay with that? And so he, sa- he looks at the people and he says, listen, God is either God or he's not. If he is, you need to follow him. If not, then follow Baal. And this is so evident of where the people are. Verse 21, but the people said nothing. They didn't know. They had been bringing bits and pieces of other gods into their life for so long that they didn't know. They had stopped worshiping the one true God. And the God that they thought, even when they thought they were worshiping Yahweh, they weren't because they had brought in so many other pieces. And they weren't living for him. Because he's a God that says, I need all of you. I, I need everything. I am, and listen, it's not that he, he's worth it. He is worth all of us. So they said nothing. So this is what he says to him. He says, okay, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. Baal has 450 prophets Get two bowls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for them and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood. But, but don't set it on fire. I'll prepare the other bowl and I'll put it on the wood, but I won't set it on fire. Then you call on the name of your God. I'll call on the name of my Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. Okay, so that's what he's saying. He says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to see which God is real, which God answers. So, hey, 450 people, all of you and all your prayers, you get one bull, I'll get a bull. All right, you put your bull on, a, on, a, on an altar, I'll put my bull on an altar, and we'll both pray, and we'll see which God answers. And then he looks at the people, and he's like, does that sound okay to you? And they said, what you say is good. So they were down. Because listen, anytime you have a competition, you got to have the rules, right? you gotta have, you got to have the ground rules. So that's all they were doing. They were setting up the ground rules. So then, you know, Elijah's like, okay, let's begin to prayers prepare stuff. The people probably got their little tailgating chairs and their turkey legs, and they were ready to watch what happened when they prayed. So then Elijah says, okay, choose one. If you're following along, we're on verse 25. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Okay, this is where we start to get, I kind of like Elijah. I really like Elijah. He's a little bit of a trash talker, and I kind of like him for it. All right, so here's what he's doing. He's like, hey, let you all go first. There's 450 of you. I'll give you some home court advantage. You guys go first. And so he's like, you guys get your bowl, and you start preparing it. Uh, since there's so many of you, call on the name of your God, but don't light it on fire. Uh, and so then they took the bowl, and they prepared it. They called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. They danced around the altar that they had made. Here they were. They were going for it. They were like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, Baal, send fire. Baal, send fire. And they just were praying from morning till noon. For hours upon hours, they were dancing. They were praying. 450 of them. And nothing happened. And, you know, friends, I think, you know, before we go any further in the story, unfortunately, I think many of us probably relate to them right here. Because we feel like, man, I've prayed for stuff, and I didn't see God do it. I've asked. And I've come, and I've worshipped up front, and I even danced sometimes. But I haven't seen God answer my prayer. So I think we, we begin to even relate to them in, in what they're feeling, what they're going through. But James 4, verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. We need to check that when we're praying, we're not actually just wishing and hoping that God will give us what we want. But rather, we're doing what Jesus said. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, what is it that you want to do? My life is not about me. It's about you. You are either God or you're not. And I believe that you are. So you got all of me. What do you want to do, God? And then that's what we begin to pray. But so often we begin to pray what we think and what we want. We have bad motives and we're just like, God, I really need a new car. 
God, would this girl just like me? God, would you help me ace this test I didn't study for? God, would you make me taller? Right? We just, we pray all these things, but we have some, there may be a little window right there. Just a little window. Anyway. So then it's Elijah's turn. Verse 27, at noon, oh, no, 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 it's not quite his turn yet. This is, I love this. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. He said, hey, 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 why don't you guys shout louder? Surely he's God. Perhaps he is deep in thought. Maybe he's busy or even traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. Hey, guys, 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 guys. Listen, there's 450 of you. Surely Baal's God. He's just probably taking a nap. Even God's got to take a nap, right? So actually, this is a little crude, but some translations say, hey, maybe he's just in the restroom. I don't know, but, but you know, and, and it, I, I'm not making that up. But Elijah, is, he just starts to taunt them. And he's like, guys, guys, shout louder. Maybe he's just far off and he can't hear you. This is my favorite, favorite part. So they shouted louder. I love that. He's like, hey, guys, maybe he can't hear you. Maybe he's on vacay, you know, give him a little shout, shout louder. And they're like, that Elijah might be right. What if Baal just can't hear us? So they shouted even louder. And then they start getting real desperate. They start doing weird stuff. They, they keep praying all day and nothing happens. Nothing. There is no response. That bull is just sitting on that altar. And, and think how frustrated King Ahab was. He was like, oh, come on. I put money on you, Baal. Right? I told you he was evil, right? So he, you know, he was like, come on. Nothing happened. Then Elijah says to the people, all right, bring your lawn chairs over here. He says, come over here to me. And then he came, they came to him and he repaired the altar. I think that's really important to look at. The fact that Elijah had to repair the altar was a statement that it had not been used. These were a people that had not been worshiping God. This, this was a people that had not given God all that they were. They had not been bringing sacrifices to him before. So Elijah actually had to repair the altar of the Lord. It had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one for each tribe and descendants of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, you shall, uh, you, Your name shall be Israel. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seas of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it onto the offering and onto the wood. Do it again. Do it a third time. And the water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. This is weird. Okay, let me just say, uh, I'm, I'm not like an outdoorsy kind of guy, right? Brandon and I, we like to hang out in cities. You know, yeah, we, we, you know, listen, I'm not much of a camper. Only leave it to Americans to go away for the weekend and pretend to be homeless. You know, like, what, I don't know what we're doing. You know, like, but, but, so I'm not that much of an outdoorsy kind. I know I live in Colorado and that's like blasphemy and stuff. But listen, even I know that if you want something to catch on fire, you don't pour water on it. That's not how it works. You're not like, ooh, I really want this to catch on fire. Give me some water. Good, 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 good. Now it's flammable. No, that's not how it works, right? I even know that. And then I want you to even imagine what Elijah's doing here. Imagine the people. They're in a drought. It has not rained for three years. Water is precious. And so he comes up and he's like, hey, dump some water on that. And they're just they're like, I'm so thirsty. This turkey leg is making me thirsty. My popcorn. Oh, what's he doing wasting that water? It hasn't rained in three years. I want that water. And Elijah's like, hmm, let's do it again. And they're like, what are you doing? I have not taken a shower since I was 14. Some of you are like, no, me neither. A third time. It dumps it on the bull, over the wood. It fills up the trench. There's a moat around the altar. Like an actual moat. It's full of water. He probably had a drawbridge. I don't know. But he just, he was like, listen, 
I, he just liked the odds to be against him. He was like, there's 450 of you. It took you all day. But here's what I'm, I'm going to build this. Dump water on it. Dump water again. Dump some more water on it. Okay, here we go. It's just illogical enough that this is God's kind of thing. So he said, dump more water. Dump some more. And then verse 36. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. And I want you to look at these guys. These 450 people had been praying all day. Look how long Elijah prayed. I mean, we have his whole prayer. Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And I have done all these things at your command. He said, I have, let it be known that you are God and I have done all these things. Why? Because you spoke to me. Because you talk to me. Because prayer is not just about me coming to you and telling you what I want. Prayer is about conversation. Prayer is about relationship where I get to know you. I get to talk to you. And you talk to me. John 10 says that, Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice and they know me. They follow me. He speaks to us. And when we hear his voice, Elijah said, I know what you've told me to do. So I can pray four sentences. That's all it takes. I've done everything that you have commanded. His prayer was not him offering up words to God. His prayer was being obedient to what God had told him to do. And then, what did he do? He told God what God told him to tell God. He said, I've done everything you commanded. Now answer me, Lord. Answer me. So that these people will know that you are Lord, the God, that you are Lord and God. And you are turning their hearts back again. Then verse 38, then fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the soil and it licked up the water in the trench. Like four sentences. These other guys have been dancing all day. Do you imagine what they felt in that moment? They were like, oh. They like see this little fireball and they're like, no. Oh. I just said, God, I've done everything you've told me to do. Now. Show that you are God in Israel and answer by fire. Boom. Roasted. That's all it took. That is all it took. And then Elijah turned and he said, uh, hey, King Ahab, you better get into town. I hear the sound of a heavy rain. I mean, you know, Elijah's got to be feeling pretty confident in this moment. Like Elijah was like, dude, I mean, I prayed and it stopped raining. And then I prayed, and fire came from heaven. And so God told me it's going to rain. I feel pretty good about my prayer for it to start raining. Like, you got to imagine he has some confidence in prayer, right? And so he says, hey, 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 King Ahab, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. Ahab leaves, and Elijah goes, and he kneels down, and he prays for it to rain. And you got to expect that he is just, or you got to assume he's just expecting this deluge of water. Right? I mean, he just saw fire from heaven. He's probably like, let it rain. He's like, let it rain. You know, he was just going for it. And, and this crazy thing happened. It didn't rain. And Elijah was like, <laughs> sorry, God. Maybe you didn't hear me. I'm singing, let it rain. And so he tells his servant, he's like, hey, go, go look out there. And he goes, he's like, nothing. He comes back and he's like, man. God, let it rain. And he goes back again. The servant comes back. He's like, nothing. Listen, friends, I'm not here to tell you that every time we pray, that you're going to see it immediately. I'm not here to tell you that every time we pray, it's going to be like fire from heaven. I'm not, that's not how God works. He is not a genie, okay? He's not like we can just say things and he's just going to do what we're telling him to do. No, no, no. This is relationship and conversation. But if we get to know him and we get to know what it is he wants to do, we can know. That when we pray, he will answer. And we may not see it right away. We may not see it ever. But it, didn't, it doesn't mean that he didn't answer. When I was in high school, we had a prayer, prayer group. Uh, I was at a public school uh, about, I don't know, there's like 600 in my graduating class. There's a few thousand at the school. And we had a prayer group that met every Friday morning. And, uh, and there was like 20 of us. There was like 15 of us most weeks. And, We'd get come and pray. Man, I had been praying all my freshman year and all my sophomore year. And I was like, God, would you move? God, would you? We just want, I want to see you move in this school. I want to see great things happen. And, and I knew God wanted to, but I didn't see it. 
And then I moved, my, my junior year, I moved to Seattle, and, uh, and I, I switched from a school of, uh, you know, my, my graduating class went from 600 to 29, and uh, it was a little different, but my percentage of where I stood in class, I, mean, I, was, I was top 10 people. I was top 10 in my class. It's pretty good. I mean, I know some of you that are homeschooled are better, but I'm just saying. And I was like, man, God, I had prayed so much. I had prayed all leading into my freshman year. I prayed all of my freshman year, all the summer of going into my sophomore year, all of my sophomore year. God, I never saw you do anything. God, we, we just came every Friday and we were praying and praying and praying. I didn't see it. It wasn't like this incredible thing happened. I see you here. I get just a little email from one of my friends. He says, hey, I just want to let you know. I know that you were with us the first couple years. It's our senior year now. We have over 300 people coming every Friday morning. Listen, friends, I didn't see it. I didn't reap it. Some reap, some sow. But listen, he is the one that does the work, right? So our, our job is to pray. We may see it, we may not. But we can have confidence that he is the God that hears and responds and answers and that he does work. So, so Elijah sends his buddy out and he's like, go look. And he comes back seven times. He's got to be a little depressed. He's like, God, the, rain, the no rain thing worked and the fire thing worked. Why isn't this working? But he kept asking. He kept asking. He kept asking. He didn't stop. So often we stop when we feel like we prayed and God didn't answer. Jesus in Luke 18 says he tells his disciples a parable so that they should always pray and not give up. In Matthew, he talks about the, the, this mom who brings her daughter to Jesus, who's sick, and she's, she comes relentlessly asking Jesus, heal her, Jesus, heal her. And Jesus, it seems like he's telling her no over and over, but she keeps asking. And finally, he says, woman, because you have such great faith, your daughter is healed. There are times where we got to keep pressing in and keep asking and ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Those are promises. The promise is not ask. And you will receive immediately. Seek and you will find right now. Knock and the door will be open to you here. It just promises that it will happen. So he kept asking. He kept praying. And on the seventh time, uh, his buddy comes back and he's like, well, I saw a cloud. It's about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah was like, oh, ho, ho, here it comes. And you can read this. I want to tell you about this. This is my favorite part because I don't even know why this is in the Bible. But it says that he picked up his tunic. He's wearing like a skirt. He picks up his skirt and he runs back to town and he passes Ahab in his chariot. Ahab is in a chariot. Can you imagine how ticked off he was? He was having a bad day already. And then a man holding his skirt runs faster than his horse's. He's like, what is going on? This is a bad day. I don't know why that's in there, but it is. I love that. The beauty of it, friends, is that this prayer, do you know that prayer is not mostly about you? It's mostly about God. It's not mostly about what you say. It's mostly that we're praying to a God that is alive and active, who speaks to us. We hear and respond, and he acts on behalf of us. That's what it is. We get commun... Okay, listen, listen, listen. I don't like cliches. I don't like... I, 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 Christian little phrases sometimes bug me, right? Like when people are like, mm, listen, this is not a religion. It's a relationship. And I'm like, can you say that so many times? But there's a reason we say it. Because if our aim is just to pray more, then our aim is to be religious. But if our aim is to be in communion with the living God, the God that speaks to us and we speak back and we have relationship with him, that's prayer. That's what we're doing when we pray. That's what we're doing when we get together on Friday nights. That's what we're doing when we get together at our schools, when we get together before Wednesday night. That's what we're doing. We're just saying, God, what are you doing? We want to hear from you. And then we want to pray it. That's why, I, I, I mean, I could talk a long time about this, but for me, I have found one of the greatest tools to my prayer life. I like it when God answers my prayers, right? So I'm like, God, I want to know you, and I want to know what it is you want to do. And so how can I pray your will? And he's like, I gave you a book. How about you read it and pray it? And I'm like, 
That is genius. Yes, God, I will do that. So you come over to any of our prayer meetings with DLA or anything we're doing with the 8 to 8, and we're going to pray the scripture. You know why? Because we want God to answer. And uh, we just, we like it when he answers our prayers. So if he's already said he wants to do it, we're just going to bank on it. And so that's why we pray the Bible. So I want to encourage you. If you're like, I don't even know how to pray, great. Open this up. Just open right up to the middle. It's a book called Psalms. They're all prayers. Just make them your own. It's real easy. It's a great way to start. I want to tell you this quick story to end. And I just, I've told this so many times. Many of you have probably heard it. But on this trip that I went to, uh, that I told you about, where we, the, the mountain that was covered in ribbons. And we were in China. We were in this village. And this village was, uh, it, was, it, was it was a Hindu-dominated uh, culture. There was a monastery there. And, and we went, and there was like this, cult, this temple with over 300 uh, Hindu monks. And they were about 13 or 14 years old. And they were being trained to be Hindu monks. And we were there. And, uh, and, and we had our translator. Uh, he, he, was, he, was, he was with us. And uh, I, I, I really could not tell you his name. Uh, we called him Monkey because he formerly had been a monk. And so, but then he said, some crazy American came and told me about this guy named Jesus. And uh, he gave his life to Jesus and had committed his life to the Lord. And at this time, he was probably in his 20s, and he was working on translating the, the Bible into languages that, in his culture that, that the Bible hadn't been translated into yet. And, and so he had this passion for the Lord, and he was our translator. And so he took us to this monastery, and, and we go in there, and I told you some of the different like prayer mechanisms and different things they do. And I, I told our, our friends that we were with, I was like, hey, look, um, we don't want to really stand up. Pastor Brandon would not have done well with what I'm about to explain. <laughs> this would not have been his kind of prayer meeting. But I was like, hey, look, um, I don't know if you people know this, but we kind of stand out. Uh, we're a little paler than all the rest of the people here. Most of us are. And um, also, when I look tall... Uh, you know that we're just, we stand out. And, uh, and so I said, so we don't want to be kicked out, right? We don't want anything to happen. And so let's just, as we pray, we have a God that hears us, whether we're screaming or being quiet or even silently. So let's just, let's just quietly prayer walk this temple and let's just ask God to be here and let's ask for God. But we don't need to draw attention to ourselves. Like I said, Pastor Brandon would be like, huh? <laughs> So we're walking and we're prayer walking and I'm just Now, and I hear someone on our team just going all Pastor Brandon. I mean, they were just, they were just shouting and going for it. And I was like, who is this rebellious person that is not operating under my authority? I am the leader of this team. Let's go reprimand them. No, I'm just joking. That's not really what I did. But I was, I was like, what is going on? So I went over and it was our friend Monkey, who had grown up as a Hindu monk and had met a man named Jesus. And he was pounding on this giant thing. It's a prayer wheel. It's, it's probably about 20 feet tall. And I don't know the radius, but it's just huge. And they just spin it. And every time they spin, I don't know how it works or how they think it works. But every time they spin it, it it's a prayer. And so whatever. And so he was just up on this thing. And he was just, Hello! Is anybody in there? I don't think so. And in that moment, I saw it. I saw someone who used to pray to gods that were not alive and did not answer and did not speak. And now speaks to a living God who has relationship with and communion with. Friends, we say all the time that prayer is the most exciting thing that we can be a part of. It's not because we're just trying to hype it up. It's because the God of the universe, the creator almighty, has invited us to partner with him in what he's doing on planet earth. What? Who are we? And he said, said, listen, listen, I'm just going to wait for my people to pray. And if they pray, I'll move. I love what, what Charles Spurgeon says. He said that whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. If you may have everything by asking in his name and nothing without asking, I beg you to see how absolutely vital prayer is.
John Wesley said that God does nothing but in response to prayer. And listen, it's not because he needs us. It's because he wants us. He wants us to be a part of the story. He wants relationship with us. And so he said, okay, guys, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set it up. I can do whatever I want. But I'm not going to unless you ask me. But as soon as you ask me, let's go. And so that's what our job is. Our job is to say, God, I want to get to know you. And so one of the ways I can get to know you is I can read the Bible. I can talk to you. You talk to me. And as I get to know you, I can pray your will and I can partner with you. And I just pray it. And then you're the one that does the work. I don't do the work, right? Like if you ever pray for someone, I'm just going to tell you this right now. If you ever pray for someone and you see God do something crazy and answer a prayer, a miracle, a healing, whatever, you should take no pride in that. You did nothing except for ask him to do what he wanted to do. And then he did it. But it's such a joy and a privilege that we get to be a part. And that he said, I want you to join with me. And so when we pray, it's kind of a big deal. Because we get to partner with him in what he's doing in the course of history. And we won't know it. We'll get to heaven. I can't wait for this. You've heard this example before. I can't wait to get to heaven. And be like, God, I prayed so many prayers and I never saw you answer. And he's like, oh, but look at this. You prayed this tiny little prayer as an eighth grader. And look, boom, 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 boom. Look at all this. Look, oh, this prayer, this prayer, and then this prayer, and this. Oh, look at the, all that I did because of that little prayer. And you're like, wow. Wow. If I had only known, I probably would have done that more. The exciting thing about prayer is not that we, it's not a, prayer is not a have to, prayer is a get to. And we get to partner with him and get to know him and get to talk with him. So our invitation to you as DSM is we want to be a praying student ministry that is not because we have a building on our campus that's called, that's named after prayer. Or not because we have lots of prayer meetings. Or not because we have a pastor who prays, but because we are made up of individuals who pray. And we see what God did with one, what happens with hundreds? What happens with all of us? I want to wrap up uh, real quick here. Uh, I want to invite you to join us, okay? And so, so we're doing uh, these, a few things I've already mentioned, but Friday Night Fire, please come. Friday nights, that's for you to come pray with us. Come to Friday Night Fire. Okay, uh, before prayer or before service, when we get together in the upper room, come pray. What will happen if we pray every week? What starts to happen when we start to see as many people praying upstairs as participating in here? I think God will start to do some great things. Next, next week, we're starting in the World Prayer Center, in the prayer room. We're starting 8 to 8, Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. It's available to you. It's not that you can come just to sit, okay? It is because every time you are in a prayer meeting, you are a watchman on a wall. You have a role to play, and every person in every prayer meeting matters. So it's not that you go and you watch other people pray. Every time you add to the number, you are adding to more prayer. So every time you're in a prayer meeting, participate. Because there's a reason that you're there, and your prayers really matter. So come join us next week, 8 to 8, Monday through Thursday, in the prayer center. That's available to you. But the other thing I want to really encourage you to do uh, is I want to, I believe that DSM is made up of leaders. And I believe that what God is doing here is he is stirring prayer on campus in this city. And so, so I just want to, if Chelsea and Chase, if you guys come up here, we want to tell you a, a little bit of a couple prayer meetings of what's going on on campus. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, a couple prayer meetings that are going on here. Uh, and we just want to, yeah, go ahead and come on up, Chase, go ahead. And uh, they're just going to tell you for, uh, just real quick, sorry, Courtney. Uh, no, 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 you're good, you're good, sorry. I said, I said Chelsea, I apologize. Uh, we're just going to tell you really quick what, uh, so just a couple prayer meetings in order that you can hear what's God do, what God's doing. If you go to these schools, we want you to join this. Uh, but if you don't go to these schools, then you probably shouldn't come to these. You should probably join something on your school or, or start it. So we'll get to there in a second, but we want to say, go ahead, Courtney. Courtney, I'm a senior at Discovery Canyon, um, and uh, I lead DCC Prayer. God called me to start DCC Prayer my sophomore year, and it started out with just me and one of my friends, and then last year it grew to about four or five of us regularly coming, and then this year we had our first meeting this past Friday, and we had 18 students show up, and it was just amazing to see that the Lord is working in Discovery Canyon, and 
I, God has given me visions of just classrooms packed out with students worshiping the Lord. And like Pastor Dan was saying earlier, I might not see it, but I know it will happen in his timing. So if you go to Discovery Canyon, I just invite you to come and join us. We meet at A and B lunch um, on Silver Days on Fridays. And so just get with me um, if you want to join, if you have any questions. And if you don't go to Discovery Canyon, I just, like Pastor Dan was saying, I invite you to start a prayer group on your campus because God wants to work in you and through you on your campus. Hey, DSM, my name is Chase Windemake. I'm a senior at Pine Creek High School. There's a lot of Pine Creekers here. Um, Pine Creek prayer uh, started freshman year. I have told this story before, but it started freshman year. Me and Dustin Virgil were sometimes the only people there for like weeks on end, and then sometimes it was a few more. And, um, but the Lord has really breathed on Pine Creek, and I'm so honored to be able to like lead the way and be a part of it because last Monday, just this Monday, there were 92 people at prayer, and they all came. Yeah, I was so excited. And they all came to honor the Lord, and they all came. They're coming every week, Monday and Friday, during seminar. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's Monday and Friday during seminar. Mondays are, are free donut days, Those, so that's pretty cool. But just really come and... Can I come? Yeah, you, of course you can come, absolutely. We got Cole Blackwell coming. He's, he's amazing. He's super cool. But um, just if you, don't, if you don't have a prayer meeting at your school, start one. Talk to Pastor Brandon. Talk to Pastor Dan. Like, they will get you connected. And if you go to Pine Creek, come to this prayer meeting. It's incredible. It's encouraging. It's the highlight of my week, without a doubt. So, yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that the Lord has done in my life that have led me to be where I'm at today. But I can tell you, when I look back at my life, I know that part of the reason I have stepped into what God has, has called me to do is because I was a part of praying on campus. When I started, I started in seventh grade. And I'm just telling you, I didn't, let me tell you, for those of you that are like, oh man, I don't know what I want to do. I didn't start any campus prayer meeting. I joined everyone. But I started as a seventh grader and I started going to campus prayer meetings. Today was see at the poll. Anybody go to see at the poll this morning? We had see at the poll. And we would have see at the poll, and then we would just be bold enough to say, hey, we're going to meet back here next week. Let's, let's do it again. And, uh, and we just started doing it. So I did it at public schools. I did it at Christian school. Do you know that I, it was actually uh, much harder for me to lead prayer on my Christian school than on my public school? But it was uh, being a part of a praying community on a public school campus and then at a cold Christian school campus that helped forge much of of the leadership principles that the Lord taught me, this a desire to see God move in my school and in my campus. I'm just telling you, you want to know your mission field right now? That's it. It's the people that, that God has placed in your sphere. Do you know that Pastor Brandon cannot reach your school like you can? I cannot reach your school like you can. We're not even allowed on your school, but guess who is? You are. And I just believe that if we're bold enough to say, man, we're going to pray on our school campus. We're going to prayer walk it. We're going to meet in science rooms and down the halls during lunch. The God says, oh, I take joy in that. And you may not see 90, but you know it's a win if there are two of you. And it may be you and just some weird kid. That's okay. God doesn't care. He's like, I love it. Because prayer is so simple that anybody can do it. And so God's like, man, I'll take, I'll take the cool kids. I'll take, I'll take the not cool kids. I'll take good looking, not good looking. And you decide where you're at in this. I'm not telling you. You decide. But he's like, I'll take them all. And it can, anybody can do it. We get to do all we have to do is we show up and we say, God, move, and He says, Boom, roast it. There's an invitation to you guys to have relationship and communion with the living God, and we've set up a lot of on ramps for you here. And I want you to come be a part, like nothing else. Man, my favorite thing 
has been seeing DSM students over in the prayer center. It just brings joy to my heart, and I know it brings joy to the Lord's. But I hope you get addicted to it there in order to take it with you wherever you go, including your school campus. And I know some of you are like, I'm homeschooled. What do I do? Pray with your family. I don't know. Get other homeschool students together and say, let's pray together. You ask God. You know that God is the creator God, so creativity comes from him. So get creative. I don't care what you do, but let's do it. If you, if you want to start something on your campus, if you're like, I don't know of anything, I want to encourage you to talk to Kayla. Uh, and, and she'll get you resources on, on how to do that. She'll get you information on what you can do. Uh, if there already is something, I want to encourage you, don't start something if there already is something. Just go join what's already happening. And I think we are in for some good days, what God's doing in this city through you. Go ahead and stand with me. I just want to real simply tonight, if you would just say, man, I am in. We, we say we are intercession, but man, I want to be someone who actually hears God and prays his will. I want to be someone that, that actually has communion and conversation. I want to be an individual that prays. That's why you go ahead and raise your hand. I want to pray for you. God, I thank you for every hand that is raised here tonight. God, I ask that you would see every hand raised as a crying out to you, saying, mark me as a man or a woman of prayer. God, I pray that you would instill in each one of us here tonight a hunger to know you. It is out of a hunger to know you that we will be obedient to you, that we will pray your kingdom come, your will be done. God, I pray that you would break our hearts with the things that break yours that we would have a spirit of intercession, that we would love the way that you love, that we would have hope the way that you have hope, that we would see the way that you see, that we would pray, Jesus, as you taught us to pray. God, I ask for this room to be full of world changers, not because of what we do, but because of our simple obedience to partner with you in what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.